Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. Thanks for joining us for this anti-post Scottish football special. I'm Selectabet and I'm joined as ever by Greg Browning. How's it going, Greg? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. It's been a, it's been quite a while since we've done one of these. Uh-huh. It was a bit strange. Maybe more. I was working out that it's uh, 67 days to the day since uh, the last game in Scottish football, which I'm sure you, well, I was going to say I'm sure you remember, you might not remember it, given the state that you were probably in uh, the Scottish Cup final when oh, St yes, Johnston well, yes. ended their, their <laughs> glorious season. So uh, it's been a long wait. Um, obviously, Euro 2020 has filled the void for us. We'll maybe touch on that uh over the course of the next hour or so. Um, But before we get stuck into the the season that's ahead, we are delighted to be joined by the godfather of the online world of Scottish football, the founder (laughs) of the Pine Bovril website, David McDonald. How's it going, Good evening. Good evening. Very well. I I, I was uh, not surprised to hear St. Johnson's Scottish Cup win mentioned (laughs) 10 seconds into the podcast, but I'm very surprised it wasn't Greg that brought it. It wasn't even me, Dev. It wasn't even me. (laughs) I I apologise. I'm I'm sure it will not be the last that St. Johnson's exploits of last season will get mentioned in the podcast. so as I say, this is a kind of introduction to the season for us. It's a wee anti-post podcast where we're going to look ahead to how we think the season might unfold. Hopefully things will get back to much more normality this season as opposed to last season, which was a very strange experience for all of us. Yeah, it was a, well, a long season with no fans, basically. Um, I think it was very difficult for punters as well on markets and betting in an environment when there's no fans in the stadium. And I think that had a lot to play, possibly, not just in the Scottish leagues, but across Europe as well, and across, across the world, essentially, in terms of having football with no fans. And we speak about having fans back and how big a deal it is, but it really is. Um, I'm going to my first game this weekend in Dingwall to watch St Johnson v Ross County. I know, Dev, you've been to a few games as well, haven't you? I was lucky enough to get the League Cup game against Partick Thistle last week, uh, last weekend, which was my first game in what sixteen months, fifteen months, and it was a bit surreal, but it was brilliant to be back in, absolutely brilliant. And even my thousand there it made such a massive difference to the to just the whole game, to be honest. Yeah, and there's something I was at a game last week as well, and it's just there's something quite emotional about just being back at the football, just having something that we were so used to back in your life again, just felt really good. Well, that is it. You're, you're, you know, my whole life I've been going to won probably two games a week and then it's just not there for that length of time it's just it was absolutely bizarre and watching it at home was just soul destroying I mean football yeah. on the telly is, is, is hard to watch when it's your own team but when there's nobody there it's just oh, it's, it's awful yeah, man it's, it's, it's chronic and Greg you made the point about how tough it was for, for punters and sorry to labour the point but nobody illustrated that more than St Johnson winning a cup double I mean who would have predicted that well, I think the odds on that were about a thousand to one. Um, I, I keep telling myself, hadn't it been behind closed doors, then maybe the cup double wouldn't have happened. Mm. Um, I, I think that's a fair point. I don't yeah. think you'd have gone to Ibrox and beaten them in penalties, probably. Mm-hmm. Especially a Rangers side at that time who were flying, had a terrific season, and at Ibrox it was an absolute fortress. So, but we move on from that, though. Um, really excited about this season across all four leagues. Um, very, very competitive across the piece. 
I guess we'll touch upon it later, but I think League Two is probably the only one at the moment where there's a real, real short price favourite in Kelty Hearts, and we'll speak about them shortly. But when you look at League One, for example, you've got, what, three or four sides who could potentially win that league. And I think, although Kamarnik are favourites for the league for the championship, I, I still think there's sides in that league it can cause problems to. So, very, very excited. Yeah, so we'll, we'll discuss the lower leagues uh, further into the podcast. We're going to start by um, having a look at the Premiership first. We'll go through some of the more popular markets that are available on the anti-post uh, markets there and we'll touch on the Championship League 1 and League 2 where I think you've got some fairly solid opinions in some of these leagues Greg um, so it'll be worth kind of delving into these in a wee bit more detail. So let's start at the top I suppose and the Rangers were runaway league winners last season, 25 points Celtic never really got near them um, it's been all changed at Celtic Park since, yet to be seen whether it's for the better as yet, but new manager Ange Postacoglu has been left a bit of a shell of a squad, um, and we've just seen them tonight already knocked out of the Champions League in a qualifier to Midtjylland, so it's looking like a real uphill struggle for Celtic to to make a challenge on Rangers this season, I don't think any of us can see anything other than Rangers winning the title. No, I, th- I think it's damage limitation already, and I've spoken to a few Celtic fans who realistically understand that for a Celtic team who are on the verge of ten in a row, to say it's damage limitation would be unthinkable. Mm-hmm. But but I really do think though that they're that far behind Rangers at the moment that it is going to be a case of clawing the gap back. Twenty five points. We were sat here this time last season and said that Rangers would win the league by twenty five points. Mm-hmm. You'd be taken off air and shut down. <laughs> um, so twenty five points. If they can get that back to the single digits, then it's an improvement. But for Celtic though, there is no second place. No, it has to be first or nothing. But I, I think they're so far off it, and as you said, he's been left a bit of a shithole, hasn't he, in terms of the position he's in at the moment. I, I do feel for him. Yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like two clubs heading in opposite directions at the moment. Rangers have got some tremendous momentum. You know, they've won the the league by a country mile. They posted some brilliant results in Europe as well last season, you know, so you can't even just point to the fact that they were up against poor opposition in Scotland and they did very well. So, yeah, I, I think you would you would do very well to make a case for Celtic making a dent uh, in that in Rangers chances this season. Div, I take it you're of, of a similar mind? Uh, no, totally. I, I, I think, you know, look at Rangers, they're, they're solid. They've, they've kept... All the big players, uh, they've, they've let go. The players that have left the club are, are not going to make any dent whatsoever. And they've, they've brought in yet another striking option in Sakala, who looks decent. Um, they just look really solid, well-organised and, and up for it. And whereas Celtic, I would say, you know, this is a transition period for them. You know, they're, they're having to rebuild a, a team and and he's doing it so late in the day that you see what happened tonight. There was there was nothing there. There was, there was three three kids playing in the back four. Nobody on the bench who's going to come on and make a difference. A striker who doesn't want to be there. Um, uh, they just look a mess. And I, I think most Celtic fans would agree it's it's not at the manager's door. Um, I know he's only in the door, but that's that doesn't always mean to make any difference. But I think everybody appreciates that he's hands up a wee bit tied behind his back a little bit, but. He'll be judged on results and they're going to have to go off to a flyer and I just can't see it. I really can't see them troubling Rangers this season at all. So even 1-2 in Rangers to me looks a, a, a decent chuck on an acre, to be honest, because I can't see anybody going anywhere near them. I must admit, Dev, I think it's the safest 1-2 shot you'll find. Yeah. Um, 
Celtic have spent about I say a bit of money. They spent what thirteen million pounds on three players who I'm pretty sure most of most of us here won't know about. So Furuhashi, four point five million. Uh, Starfelt four point five million, and a bad of three point five. So all three players, those three players need to hit the ground running, and they have to have probably incredible seasons um, for Celtic, and that, that's such a hard thing to do. I think Celtic has spent a lot of money in the past on players at that sort of amount, and it's not always worked out for them. Yeah, I think it's it's hard for for one player to come in and hit the ground running, but Celtic are looking as if they need four or five. Yeah, to come in and do it. And I still think, well, I was going to say, I think there's still a, an awful lot of work to be done in the transfer market by Celtic. So, whilst we're sitting here just now, you know, a couple of days away from the start of the season, Rangers are, are one to two shots to win the league. I, I'm not saying that Celtic will go out and, and buy players that will that will win the league for them, but certainly you'd like to think that on their behalf, they will certainly add to the squad and strengthen the squad, which will put them in a much stronger position than they are currently. Um, a position that's left them playing a Champions League qualifier tonight with a, a back four with an average age of 21 and a half, you know, um, and a goalkeeper. Or two goalkeepers, none of which are, are worthy of the name to play for Celtic. So a lot of work to be done for Celtic. Um, and as we sit here, as I say, before the season starts, I don't think anyone can see past Rangers taking the title this, this year again. No, I, I don't. I can't see anything past that at all. I think as they've said one to two, um, eight to fifteen. I think in some places should be snapped up. Yeah, looking beyond the outright market, Rangers went through the league season last season unbeaten. They are twenty to one at Bet three six five to do the same again next season. It's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's not a bad place actually. I don't think twenty to one. You look it's at what they play, but they're going to play Celtic four times. Um, trips to Aberdeen, St Johnston, for example, will be tough. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I can't see them finishing the season unbeaten, but do you know what? Twenty to one could be worth a little tenner. Yeah, I, I think to do it two seasons in a row would be un- yeah. unbelievable. Um, it's very hard to see. As you see, maybe the odd game here and there, they're going to be struggling. You know, Aberdeen away is probably going to be a tough one. Celtic away is always a tough one. Hibs away, maybe. I can't see many teams going to Ibrox and getting anything other than a good spanking. So, um, there's the few and far between opportunities for them to come and start. But you go, I think that they might just once. Uh, I mean, they got beat by St Mernon and St Johnson in the two cups last season. So, it can happen um, on, a, on, a, on a day. So, yeah, you never know. But 20 to 1, worth a fiver, isn't it? Yeah. And what about, um, I don't know that Rangers were criticised for not winning a treble last season, but obviously it was something that Celtic fans kind of lauded over them a wee bit off the back of Celtic winning four consecutive trebles. Rangers are 7-1 to one to win the treble this year. Oh, I think you, you'll know it's, it's so difficult to win the treble. Mm-hmm. And despite how good Rangers were last season, um, it probably took the gloss off their title win a little bit, the fact that they did struggle in the Cups. Um, to only win one out of three trophies when essentially Celtic were as bad as they've been in a long time and to not win another cup probably um, save Celtic's face a little bit but I, I think a treble is really difficult um, but you have to say this season if Rangers turn up for these cup games there's no reason why they can't win the treble Yeah, I mean it might be one that's popular with Rangers fans and an alternative is uh, 2,500 to one for Rangers to win the league, the Scottish Cup, the League Cup, and the Champions League. 
I'll give you a million to one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's why you never see many skint because I don't suppose. But um, yeah, okay. So on the outright market, I think we're all fairly convinced that it's it's Rangers to lose really at this stage before we, before the start of the season. Short enough at one to two, but certainly could be a, a fairly confident leg in an acre somewhere along the line if you're putting an anti-post bet on. Even as a single, as an as an investment, I know Jim Delhunt likes his investment bets, um, but I think for me, one to two. To put it on for the rest of the season, um, you don't get much money at the banks at the moment. I think one to two should be lumped on, to be honest with you, um, and get a bit of money back in May next year. Yeah, we should point out this podcast isn't covered by the Financial Services Authority, <laughs> so uh, any uh, <laughs> investments in inverted commas that you make are not guaranteed. <laughs> okay, we'll leave that one just now. We'll move on to another popular market, which is the top six. And before we started the podcast, I feel you're obviously a massive St Mirren fan, and we discussed um, the opportunity, I suppose, for St Mirren to break into the, the top six. For the first time since the split has been in play, is that correct, Div? First time since the Premiership went to 12 teams, yeah, that's right. Um, as Greg is never slow to remind me. Um, so we were obviously only five minutes away from getting into it last season. Um, and I'm looking at I'm looking at the 12 teams, and for me, there's five teams who are going to finish top six. I think Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen, Hibs, and for me, St Johnson, will definitely finish top six again. If they hang on to the players that, that, that did so well at the back, uh, I know there's been a few sniffs here and there, but if they hang on to them and add a couple of strikers, they'll be best uh, best in that top six, definitely. And then, so there's really only one place for me. I don't fancy Hearts much this season. Um, and the rest of them look, you know, so I think St Murn, it's a great chance for us, again, uh, to really push on and this time, hopefully seal a top six finish. And that's got to be the aim for us, I think. Greg, you feel confident that the Saints of the St Johnson variety will finish top six? I am, but I like us being under the radar. I like us to get top six when nobody really expects it or gives us a chance. But I think this season, though, we'll, we'll definitely be massively tipped to finish top six. And I think, as Div pointed out, the jury's definitely out in hearts. Um, unsure about Robbie Nielsen. They've not signed many players. I think that side looks a bit done to be fair I know it's a bit unfair the season's not started yet but I'm just not impressed at all by that heart side um, it would be a surprise for them I know Robbie Nielsen said today about being top six as the minimum heart should be looking for and he's absolutely mm-hmm. right they should yeah. be yeah. I don't think they've got the squad there to do that so it probably does leave one space left and I'm not pandering here to Div but I think St Mirren in terms of the other sides in the bottom six at the moment you have to ask yourself who's improved Motherwell haven't. They have severely weakened. I don't think Livingston have. I think Ross County, Dundee, Dundee United are going to struggle. Um, they haven't improved, I would say. Especially United, anyway. Um, I think Ross County will struggle. So, I think St Min can be happy with their pre-season so far, who they've, who they've brought in. And it has to be a, a a major objective for them is to get into the top six for St Min this season. So St Mirren are two to one to finish top six. I'm just going to bet three six five prices here. And St Johnston are eleven to ten. Um, if you were to back just one of those, would you be taking two to one St Mirren on the bigger price, or feel confident on the St Johnston one at eleven to ten? Well, I, th- I think the stats speak for themselves. Um, <laughs> we qualified for the top six 
what, seven times in the last ten years. So I think St. Bin last finished top six 36 years ago. So, yeah, I think I think with both teams, both teams' success, I know St. Johnson had obviously tangible success, but it was a successful season for St. Man as well last season. But both teams struggled to score goals. It was all built on defence and both teams need to score more goals. I think both of us would admit that. Yes. If St. Johnson's get that finished boy and Greg Stewart, and I think that'll really improve them and I think they'll score more goals. St. Man of I think improved up front with Brophy now being fit and uh, and Curtis Main for all he's a bit of a a marmite player. I think he's he's a really good fit for us and I think he'll do all right and create goals for others even if he's not scoring himself. So I'm hopeful that we'll score a few more this season and if we do then we can certainly have a pitch at it. And I think St Johnson will need to do the same to be honest. What I think we can do is we can absolutely rule out probably six teams, five teams. In the top six. <laughs> <laughs> you can really rule it out. So Ross County are not going to get top six. Right. Or Livingston. Right. Or Dundee. Okay. Or Dundee United. Okay. Or Motherwell. <laughs> I, I think Dundee might have a reasonable season. Do you know? I think they, they, they might do okay. Um, but it's really hard. We're, we're sitting here with still five weeks of the transfer window to go. So yeah. you know, a lot a lot can change. Um, it's really, really tough uh, to, 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 to rule teams out completely at this of stage. Of course, Steph, we've got to bear in mind that anything less than two cup wins by St. Johnson <laughs> will, be, will be deemed is as a, fail, a failure. Cup, <laughs> <is it? laughs> oh, nobody's getting carried away on this podcast. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're looking at potentially St. Mirren. Um, Greg, you're fairly firm on the teams that aren't going to make it. Um, not quite so firm on the teams that are going to make it. Within that top six last season, Greg, you correctly predicted that Hibs would finish, would effectively win the league without Celtic and Rangers would finish third. Um, who have you got in your little black book this week, this year for Do you know what? that so, third place finish? I think there's a big, probably interesting how Aberdeen will do under mm. Steve Glass. Now, yeah. having watched their game last week in the qualifier at home to Hacken, they were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, they're 5-4 to four to finish best of the rest, Aberdeen. Uh, uh, Hibs are 2-1. to one. And this season, I wouldn't like to call it. I must admit, I, I think Aberdeen could be decent this season. I really do. I know that's off the back of watching them play once, but I, I don't think there's much between the sides. And I think remember as well, Aberdeen had an absolutely shambles of a season last season. They were so poor. I think they scored one goal in their last, what, what how many games did they go without scoring? Forever. 11, some, 10 or 11 games they scored one goal. Um, and they and still only finished a few points behind Hibs. Hibs did yeah. have a really good season. Um, obviously their cup um, knockouts didn't help, but I, I think it's so hard to call between those two. Um, you were getting 5-2, to 3-1 to one for Hibs last season. Certainly would be taking Hibs on this year, I don't think. I think Aberdeen might just pip Hibs to that third spot this year. But it'll be yeah. fascinating and it'll be close. And I think as Div says, with five weeks of transfer window still open, it's going to be about who leaves these clubs potentially rather than who arrives at them. You know, there's been a lot of speculation around Kevin Nisbet at Hibs, um, possibly uh, Lewis Ferguson at Aberdeen might not be there by the time transfer window closes as well. And these are... You know, fairly influential players. You'll be getting relegated. But I think that's a real possibility before the, the transfer window closes. Yeah, I think Greg's right. Aberdeen, Aberdeen struggled for goals. Their defence was decent enough. I think Declan Gallagher's a good signing, but 
they've, they've they've basically rebuilt their whole forward line now, and they're going with Ramirez and, and the boy Jet, Jet from uh, Livingston, who I think might not score a lot of goals, but again, I think he'll create a lot of goals. Um, and then Ramirez seems to be well thought of, and so I think they might score a few more goals this season, and they certainly seem to be playing a bit more expansive than they did under. Derek McInnes. So, um, yeah, I think it's not a bad shout. I think Aberdeen best of the rest. So it's, it looks like a good bet to me. Just on Jay, did he start getting called that when he went to Aberdeen? Because I don't recall anybody calling him that at Livy. I think he had Jet on his shirt when he went to Livingston, purely because his surname's so bloody big they couldn't <laughs> print it on the shirt. Because <laughs> it's Emmanuel hyphen Thomas, so it's yes. like a vinegar of Hesselink and it goes right up <laughs> the, the big massive arc. Or a really small font. <laughs> yeah, um, you can just see the Aberdonian saying, "I'm no paying for all those letters in the back of my shirt." <laughs> but I think he he loves the old Jet thing because he's he's always on social media pointing the things that say Jet on it. So I think he, <laughs> I think he really likes it. And I, uh, see, to be honest, I think he's a decent player. By the way, I like him. I think he's a good signing. He's a big handful, isn't he? Yeah. I think you're right. I don't think he's a out and out goal scorer, but he'll cause havoc. He'll yeah. He'll link up, he'll hold the ball up well, he'll bring people into play without probably scoring that many goals. Yeah, and what do we think of Ramirez? Is that a good signing for the Dons? It's hard to say, but he scored on his debut, didn't he? So it's, it's always a good start. If you're a striker, you want to go off and running quickly. Yeah. And he, he did get one last week, and by all accounts, he played very well. So um, I'll wait and see. But I mean, you look at the strikers they, they brought in in January, you know, Callum Henry. Fraser Hornby and Kim Berry, mm. they were all absolutely, yeah. probably Hendry with the exception, he actually yeah, did reasonably well. Yeah, they were terrible, weren't they? The other two were honking. I think that to get rid of that dead wood from last season. I did see a stat, actually, that their 5-1 win against Hacking on um, Thursday night, they've actually scored more goals in that match than, than their previous 15 league games. <laughs> that's, how, that's how much they struggled to score last season. Uh, they did. I checked that as well. Though they did knock six past somebody in the Europa League qualifying at home last season, but albeit I think it was an even, it was a smaller country. Even obviously Sweden's not a bad uh, league at all, so it was a, it was a great win for them last week. And, and just on Lewis Ferguson, I think he's their prize asset, isn't he? I think he's a cracking player. Um, they'll do well to keep a hold of him. Be interesting to see if he goes. What sort of fee Aberdeen could be looking for? Mm. Um, yeah. And I, I think, think it's really massive loss. I think Scott Brown will be a big player for them. You know, at the end of the day, he's he's, he's a, another marmite player, maybe, but you can't doubt the guy's a winner. He's he knows how to win games of football. He's done it his whole career. So, I think it'd be a really good one for the young young players like McCrory, like Ferguson, t- to learn off. Um, so if they can good hold on, as well, good for a booking, good for a booking, but not <laughs> quite as good as Alan Power. Um, yeah, so I think I think Aberdeen will do well this season. Yeah, I can confidently predict that one of your tips for the first Aberdeen Rangers game will be a Scott Brown booking, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, Ferguson and McCrory also like a booking as well, so it should be a yeah. decent match. <laughs> yeah, there'll be more, more cards than there is at Christmas, so we'll look forward to that. Uh, OK, so non-committal on, on that, I think, is the, the upshot of the answer to my question, Greg. Yeah, I think Aberdeen will just pip it, but I think it will be very close. OK, we've kind of touched on the bottom six already. Um, I'm just looking at some of the prices here. Um, Motherwell were a huge disappointment last season, weren't they? Um, really disappointing season. They've not really started this season that great either in the, the Premier Sports Cup. They lost uh, 2-0 to Airdrie amongst uh, some of the games that they've played already. They're just 1-2 to, to finish bottom six. 
I think again that's a, a really good bet. I think I know we're five weeks away from the window shutting, but ultimately the spine of your team was removed. So you take out Gallagher, Campbell and Cole, three really big players for them. You could probably argue three of their better players, three of their best players. Um, and this season hasn't started off too well. And they've got a really tough game on the opener at home to Hibs. So Motherwell have got a habit of always bringing in players that do well from England. So it'll be interesting to see how they, how they get on this season. But I think at the moment they are severely weakened having lost those three players. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think Liam Kelly was a great signing um, and I think he probably saved their bacon last season as well because they were in a bit of free fall till he came in. So, um, But yeah, it, you look at the players they're bringing in and you think, I've never heard of a lot of them. That doesn't mean to say they're not good players, but I think Dyson with death a wee bit when you play that game of bringing in players from Tranmere and things like that and expecting them to hit the ground running and do well although the boy Willery did look reasonably good against Airdrie to be fair to him so yeah we'll wait and see they, as you say they always pick up a gem here and there so maybe they'll do it again Just on that point about managers at the start of the season Dev obviously we've got four new managers in, in the league at Celtic Cross County United and Aberdeen um, obviously it was a really disappointing result for Motherwell losing 2-0 against Airdrie uh, the, the true Lancashire derby but it'd be interesting <laughs> to see if Motherwell start off poorly is he going to be another one who potentially could be under a bit of, a bit of pressure obviously every manager is under pressure that's just the nature of football but things change very quickly and um, be interesting to see how Motherwell start the season Yeah I think he was under a little bit of pressure even though he was only in the door last season I think the Motherwell fans were pretty displeased at one point um, it looked as though they were right in in the soup and they managed to get themselves out of it so you know and, and I think the same goes Malky Mackay at Ross County very divisive appointment I, th- I don't think it'll take much for their fans to be unhappy um, you know it's, it is but, but an incredible league for all these new things new managers new two new teams coming back up big teams as well it's, it's absolutely terrific I think for the game Yeah it's a good point David um, talking about the two derbies that are back in the league as well really add something to this season doesn't it? Oh definitely it's, I think you look at the top top flight this season and there's no I think every other season up for the last few years you've always looked at until Hamilton will struggle and Hamilton did always struggle but they always got out of it obviously until last season you may be looking at Ross County probably as being the only and Livingston I suppose the, the two smaller clubs in, in that top 12 um, and I think I think Livingston's bubble or bust this season. I think they've again massive churn in their squad. So many players out, loads in, random players. Eighteen again. out, eighteen out. Eighteen oh, players out. Yes. Yeah, I mean it's it's unbelievable, wasn't it? And I think they definitely. I think we all saw that they got found out a little bit when their big run finished last season. They clung on to top six just, um, but it's hard to see them continue to do it. Eventually, it's going to burst and. I think it might be this season, to be honest. I think they might struggle. Well, it's interesting you say that because uh, we're going to look at the relegation market shortly and I'm kind of reminded of something that we've touched on before previously and I think it was maybe was it three or four seasons ago, Partick Thistle probably overachieved, finished top six in the league. They never won any of the remaining five games after the split. They got relegated the following season and then relegated again the following season. So the real knock-on effect of finishing top six finishing the season poorly, they carried it into the next season. And I just wonder if, obviously, 
don't rush it upon the Livingston fans, but is that something that could happen to Livingston? Well, I think from my point of view, I think for me, Livingston had a freak season last year. Freak half, freak half a season. Yeah, true, yeah, true. They went in that terrific run midway through the season. Um, got to the League Cup semi-final. Obviously, well clear of uh, any relegation troubles. And they did have a great season, but there's absolutely no chance Livia having a, another season like that this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, 18 players out. They brought Andrew Shinney in, Andrew Shinney in who will be a good signing for them probably. But as they've said, massive, massive turnover. And I think for them, just to stay in the league next season will be a will be a success. So obviously the way the Premiership is structured, the bottom team goes down, the second bottom team goes into a playoff um, with a team from the Championship, depending on how their playoffs finish. Who are the best bet to finish in that bottom spot this season, given that we can't tip Hamilton this year? I think it's difficult. I think it's really difficult. There's no from for me. There's no outstanding candidate this season. I think there's probably three or four clubs you could point towards, and obviously Ross County are one of them. Um, Livingston another one, and Dundee United are quite short as well. I think Dundee United are third in the betting, are they? Six to one. Yeah, I must admit, I published my I published my predicted top twelve uh, to much uh, uh, hilarity and debate on Twitter during the week because I'd done the United to finish bottom, and it's not necessarily because they've got a poor squad of players. Although I still think the squad is light, I just think I thought Mickey Mellon done an amazing job there last season and got no credit for it. And I think the guy Tam Courts to me, just when I, I listened to him, I'm like. He sounds miles out of his depth, if you ask me. Now, I'm only going by what he's, what he's saying. If he, he might be a brilliant coach, he might be a superb tactician, whatever. But to me, he just sounds like a rabbit in the headlights. I've not even any idea what he's talking about when I when I hear him. Um, so, And I wasn't massively convinced about their, uh, their, their League Cup campaign. I don't think it was great. And I look at the squad and I'm thinking, they brought Charlie Mulgrew in. That's it. That's it, yeah, you know, and I think the goalkeeper, I think Trevor Carson's coming, but yeah. I think he's probably coming because I still think Seagrass might go because mm-hmm. um, they're, they're hemorrhaging money. They, they they won't be able to turn down any sort of decent bid for him. In my notes, th- um, Dev, I've got Dungeon United and I've got in brackets, skint <laughs> in my notes. Um, and that's reflective of the fact that they've only brought in two players. Yeah. I think they um, are skin. I think they are financially in trouble at the moment, United. And, and, and I think that's manager that, who it's almost a bit like uh, Cathro, isn't it, in a way? Yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a punt and I think it's it was a cheap option for them as well. Um, no doubt about that. So they're gonna go with, with a lot of the youngsters and these by all accounts have some very good young players and maybe it'll work out for them, but I think it's a very risky strategy. Um and, and and they they don't have funds to, to bail them out in January. I don't think if if, if they need you know bolstered, I'm just not convinced. So it was a bit of a toss up to be honest. I've got you know kind of Motherwell, Livingston, Dundee United, Ross County down there fighting it out, and then I think Dundee will be slightly better than them, and so Hearts, and that's that's it for me. So anyway, I like to I like to do a wee bit of controversies now and again. So Dundee United to, to be relegated, I like that six to one. I love that's, that. Dave. I like your chat. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I think the the odds are reflective of how you know any one of those teams could do. I mean, there's no outstanding favourite to finish, but maybe at Ross County are two to one. But you know, um, there's, there's no one really standing out there. Interesting, you you quite fancied indeed of a good season, Dave. 
I always think the team coming up, especially the way that they did come up, you know, they finished, yeah, finished the really strong, didn't they? Well. Yeah. yeah, and they won both legs of the playoff. I don't think, you know, again, you look at the players they brought in, there's nothing that completely sticks out as being an amazing signing, but they've 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 kept most of that squad. They've got a reasonable uh, home record. They got rid of Jack Hamilton, which is always good news. Um, <laughs> so, you know, poor I just... Morton, eh? Poor Morton. I just I think they'll probably go off to a reasonable start because they'll have that momentum and that real feel good factor. Is that behind because them. they're playing St Mirren? Uh, no, they won't go off to a good start on Saturday, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but no, I just I've got a funny feeling. Of, 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 you know, they scored a lot of goals in their um, history. The probably league. shows they've that, like you say, the team coming up does tend to have a decent first season. Yeah, uh, and I, but I think that. The flip side of that is, you know, I've already said that you know, I'm not massively impressed with Hearts because they didn't finish the season well. You know, they, they, if you look at the end of the season, they limped over the line and they've done nothing to their squad to suggest that they're not going to struggle a little bit um, with that squad. You know, I've lost Stephen Naismith as well, who I, I always liked and nothing not, not I liked him, but I rated him. Uh, even in the twilight of his career, I felt as though he was a good player to have around the place. He's not there anymore, so I just, I don't know. But um, yeah, I think Dundee will be okay. They'll be bottom six, but I think they'll be okay. I think their key signings have bought been Paul McMillan and Killian Sheridan is back yeah. from Scottish football. Uh, yeah. He was Johnson and Kilmarnock for a bit, and obviously at Celtic. Um, he's a fair age, I think he's in his early 30s now, so... Yeah, if you follow him, gets on back in Scotland. If you follow him on Twitter, that can only be a good thing that he's back in Scottish football. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably one of the best footballers Twitter accounts out there. He does good, good Just stuff. Just touching upon um, Ross County, I think they had quite a big overhaul as well. I'm counting 14 players out, but when you look at the players that have gone out and left the club, it's a lot of experience. So Draper and Vigers have gone to Cove. Yeah. Bill Mackay's gone to Inverness. Uh, Guardian's away as well. Um, they've brought Ross Callahan in, who I think is a great signing. He was ultimately Hamilton's best player last season. And I probably would have happily had him back in Perth, actually. So he's a great capture. But I do worry about that lack of experience that maybe Ross County have. And I don't think their preparations were ideal, having missed two of their League Cup games. Yeah. So I think, I think Ross County could be on a slippery slope, possibly. I think as Div touched on as well, the appointment of Malcolm Mackay is quite a divisive one. Um, and if they don't get off to a good start, then, you know, I think not just the Ross County fans, but I think probably football fans in general will round on Malcolm Mackay. I'm all for yeah. that. All for <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, going to be a, it's going to be an interesting season down the bottom end of the table, for sure, I think. It is, and I think it'll go to the wire again. I really, I really do. I think there's no, there's not a lot between the sides. Even the sides that could be looking to hit top six for this maybe seventh and eighth. Um, I don't think there's been much between the teams. I, w- I would say it's a very, very competitive league, but I wouldn't say the teams in the bottom six have improved at all, really. Yeah, yeah. Other than St Mirren. Competitive, but not necessarily in the right way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, another uh, popular market this time of the year is looking at the top goal scorer market, um, particularly in the Premier League. But I don't even know where to start with it this year because your two natural uh, players that you'd have at the top of your list would be Odson Edward and Alfredo Morelos. Edward is likely to, to leave Celtic this window, certainly um, before it closes, if not in the next week or two. Um, 
Alfredo Morelos. I don't know if anybody knows where Alfredo is at the moment. Is he back in the country? I don't know. He keeps getting linked with Porto, doesn't he? So um, that doesn't seem to be going away. And I'm, I'm pretty sure Rangers would, would cash in on him if they, if they got a reasonable fee, I think. Just um, on that point, actually, with both those players being 4-1 to favourites to finish top goal scorer, if you can get on somebody else now at a decent price, i.e. Kevin Nisbet, for example, is 18-1, to that 18-1 to looks very attractive if Morelos leaves. But it's only attractive if Nisbet stays in Scottish football. Yeah, yep. So there's so many question marks, I think, just now. And I think if Edward and Morelos both go for decent money, then both Celtic and Rangers will replace them with strikers that you would expect, or certainly they would expect, to be near the top of the goal-scoring chart. So I'm not sure, I'm not sure that it's a, it's a market to get to get involved in. What price are you getting for Curtis Mendev? <laughs> Let me tell you if I can see him on this. Uh, well, he must be on here somewhere, actually. I'll find, I'll find 100, him. I'll... 125 to 1 at Bet365. Right, that's what I was looking for, yeah. Stevie May's 100 to 1, and I noticed that Brophy is only 66, I think. Yep. Curtis May will score more goals than Eamon Brophy. I'll tell you that for nothing. Yeah. Is that your lap? <laughs> <laughs> that was that. Was, uh, a player match bet you could do, I would have Bro- uh, Mena over Brophy to score goals. Um, but I, yeah, I think you know, um, the boy Sakala at Rangers is a bit of a punt, but 14 to 1, you, you just worry about how many games he'll play if Morelos is there, that's the only thing. Because um, yeah. Rangers will rotate that squad a lot. Uh, so, But I think he, he looks lively and he scored again and he's, he scored in midweek against Real Madrid, didn't he? So maybe he'll be a good one. Yeah, and you've also got Kyogo Furuhashi and your Celtic signing who has got a fairly decent scoring record in the J-League in Japan. It just depends how he can translate that kind of forum to the Scottish game, I suppose. Um, I'm always of the opinion that if you're a goal scorer, then you can score goals anywhere. Um, you know, I'd much rather, if you're, if you're signing a striker, sign a striker who scored goals in the lower leagues than a striker who maybe played in the, the bigger leagues but doesn't score many goals. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. He's 16-1 to 1 to finish top goal scorer. It's not a market I particularly fast for, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think I'll be getting involved in a top goal scorer market, especially in the Premiership. I think, as you said, there's so many unknowns at the moment. Um, time will tell. Okay, anything else we want to cover in the Premier League before we leave it? Probably that it's just going to be really difficult, I think. Uh, <laughs> I, I think once all the leagues are up and running, I think my attention will be on League One, League Two and Championship. Mm-hmm. I think trying to pick a winner between Ross County and Livy or Dundee and St Mirren, for example, it's just really difficult. So we'll hopefully try and find some angles in that league. Um, and obviously we can't say at the moment, we don't know how it's going to pan out, but based on last season I think once the lower league football started again we probably left the, the top flight stuff maybe obviously some corner markets but it will be very very difficult I think Yeah certainly on a week by week basis I think you're right I think with these anti-post markets obviously the very nature of anti-post is before kickoff, but obviously a lot of these markets are still available you know once the season's kicked off and sometimes it's better just to wait a few weeks see how how things are shaping up um, you know, we've talked down 
Tam Courts, we've talked down Malky McKay, but who knows, <laughs> these guys might get a tune out of, out of their teams early, early doors and all of a sudden they look a better bet than they do at this stage of the season. So, yeah, uh, as much as this is an anti-post podcast, uh, sometimes it's better to keep your powder dry in some of the particular markets. Uh, you can always get an absolute wacky outlier as well. I mean, a couple of seasons ago, I know this season got truncated, but Hearts finishing bottom was was a real surprise to yeah. everybody. Nobody would have tipped that at the start of the season. So yeah. it, teams can go in a death row and it just spirals out of control. Um, mm. Hopefully that will happen to St. Johnson this season. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I'd have been so disappointed if you didn't say that. I was just <laughs> going to say it in your behalf. OK, we'll leave the, the Premiership there just now. We'll have a look at the lower League starting with uh, the Championship and dropping into the Championship this season are Kilmarnock and Hamilton. Kilmarnock 10-11 to to come back up as champions. Hamilton at 4-1 to to come back up as champions. Greg, either of those appealing to you at those prices? Um, no, both parts. I think Hamilton will be nowhere near the top. I think Hamilton... I know I'll be very dismissive on this podcast tonight, but... <laughs> I don't think Hamilton will cause Kilmarnock any problems. I do think Kilmarnock will win the league. However, I think 10 to 11 is a little bit short. Um, I think most people would agree that Kilmarnock probably have the best squad in that league, but it's a very, very difficult league to get out of. And to have a side that's come down like they have done, odds on, or even money in some places. I think it's a bit short. Saying that, though, I wouldn't back against someone in the league. So I do think they'll win the league, Kilmarnock. Dev, can you have a look at this without uh, being a member of the Tommy Wright Supporters Club? Yeah, I, I must admit that I think Kilmarnock are too short. I think they're, they're justified favourites, but I think 4-5 is far too short. I'd agree that I don't really know much about the boys Hamilton have brought in, but I think them for me, are the value in that league. I think at 8-1, to one, they're possibly worth a punt. I think they've they've traded well. They seem to be still have a wee bit of money in the bank, maybe through these German investors or where it's coming from. I don't know, but I like yeah, been... I like the I like the look of some of the players they've brought in. You know, Graham Dorrance is a great signing. Yeah. I think the boy Todorov from Inverness is very good. Yeah. Uh, Whiten coming from Hearts permanently. Kai Kennedy's really good. Um, and apparently they're after another one, which was rumoured to be maybe it'd be Adam Hamill, who who is extra firm and very good player. Um, if they could get him as well, so they've lost a few, obviously, but a new manager. Um, but they've obviously they they played pretty well in the League Cup campaign, and I think they'll uh, they're a reasonable bet. I think they're too big at eight to one, if you ask me. Yeah, it's been an interesting summer for the Pals, hasn't it? With uh, what's been happening off the field. Yeah, it is. It's quite exciting time for them. You know, mm-hmm. they've kind of went from the brink of going bust to then being fan owned to then now selling back to uh, to some German investors, which who seem to have uh, good connections and have good plans for the club, and not kind of promising to splash loads of money at it, but they seem to have a good plan in place for kind of developing the academy and building a good infrastructure and stuff like that. They're a big club in Fenland. They are um, a big club. They are a big club. Great fan base, kind of 4,000 fans every week. I must admit, I think Peter Grant was a, a, I wouldn't say a strange one, but probably a surprising appointment when he went to Dunfermline. Obviously, he was at Allo before. Uh, I'm not sure how the Pars fans felt about Peter Grant being in charge, but so far, um, it's going really well for them. They're scoring lots of goals. And I think the players you've mentioned there, Dev, I think Todorov is probably going to be up there 
at the end of the season in terms of top goal scorer market. I think you said as well, Graham Dorns, Ryan Dow, O'Hara, Whiten, very very good team, and I think eight to one is a isn't a bad shout at all. Yeah, I, th- I think Wraith as well at eleven to one. You know, Wraith had a great season last year. They did a lot of their business really early. They actually brought a lot of the players in pre-contracts for this season, so they've done their business most of it early. I don't think they can be discounted that having another good season. I can't see them winning it, but I think they could cause some problems. I think again, it's, it's a tough league. So my favourite club, as you know, Patrick Thistle. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think they're going to have a good season, Thistle. I expect them to get into the playoffs. I think at the moment they've brought in some decent players this week. Anyway, uh, they brought in Lewis Mayo from Rangers. They've also signed a player you know very well, Dave. Cammy Smith. Yeah, I really like Cammy Smith. Um, said that on Twitter today. I think when he when Man won the championship two or three seasons ago, he was instrumental in that playing in the number ten role. He was really excellent. Um, and every other club he's gone to since then, they don't seem to really appreciate that. That's pretty much the only position he can play. And they keep <laughs> playing him, playing him as a winger or whatever they play him, and he's bloody hopeless when they do that. But. Play him in the 10 in that league, I think he can still do it. And I think he'll, he'll be a really good signing for them. And I watched them obviously last Sunday and they, they did play pretty well against us, but they never really troubled us. Um, but obviously they're coming up against a Premiership defence rather than Championship. Yeah. So I think with Brian Graham as well on the side. Is Brian Graham's of, a good player. Brian Graham's yeah. I think we'll score goals this season, Thistle. I've got a, a nice mix of youth and experience, I would say. And I'll be very surprised if they finished any lower than fourth. So I think fourth in terms of the playoffs has to be their, their aim this season. Yeah, so Thistle are 9-1 to one to win the league. Um, not quite sure. I don't price to hand what they are to, to finish the playoff positions. But yeah, I mean, they're looking to do back-to-back promotions, I guess, under Ian McCall. Um, and again, another, another good club that you would maybe like to see back in the top flight again. And also, I think there was chat about Jake... Hasty also maybe move into Thistle and the rumour mill. So they've certainly got some decent players coming in Thistle and I'm sure there'll be more uh, before the window shuts. But yeah, I think at the moment, Kilmarnock, Dunfermline, Thistle, um, as they've said, Ray Thomas as well, possibly. It should be a great league. Yeah, it always is. The Championship, to be fair, last season was a wee bit of an anomaly. I suppose we expected Hearts to run away with it. It was a bit of a truncated season. Um, but it was still, it was still some... It was still very competitive right up to the end um, underneath Hart. So hopefully that'll be the same again this season. But you're saying come on up, Greg? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was massively fast. I think the price puts you off a little bit, but mm-hmm. I do think they'll come out on top. But if not, I think Dunfermline will be waiting in the wings. Now, equally difficult to call, I think, is, is League One. Um, we don't really have a clear favourite, Falkirk are shortest price at five to two, Cove Rangers at three to one, Queen's Park four to one, and even Alloa and with a squeak at six to one. Well this league keeps changing, I think, in terms of the market leader. Um I think it's gonna, this is probably the most fascinating league in Scotland, I think, next season will be League One. You've got the big money clubs who have spent a lot of cash, i.e. Cove and Queen's Park, um, up against a Falkirk side who you have to feel sorry for Falkirk fans. What's happened there? over the last, what, three, four seasons. It's just been a catastrophe, really. Yeah. Um, again, another big club, but I don't know what's happened. It's maybe Paul Hartley's fault. Maybe they throw the Falkirk fans will blame Paul Hartley. But it's just been a disaster. And they're now up against two well-run teams 
who've got money behind them um, in Queen's Park and Cove, who will, yep. you have to say, have got a good chance of winning that league. Looking at Cove, so I don't know who funds Cove, but they've br- essentially brought in Vigers, Ross Draper and Shea Logan. Between those three players, they've probably played about a thousand matches in the top flight mm-hmm. for the top two divisions in Scotland. I think Vigers has seen in 50 matches. Ross Draper is actually 351 games he's played and Shea Logan's probably played a good couple of hundred for Aberdeen. So that's a, that's a massive amount of experience that Cove are getting. And obviously they've got long-term favourite of the podcast, Mitch Meganson, up hey. front, banging the goals in, yep. along with Rory McAllister. Is he still um, going this season, Rory McAllister? I think so. I yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, probably Mitch Meganson, but I think Rory will still be there as well. Wow. Fair play to him. Um, so yeah, that Cove side looks pretty decent to me. I mean, you're talking about the market prices changing. I'm just looking at Bet365 and the odds have actually changed since I last took my notes. And Queen's Park are now favourites to, to win the league at 5-2. to two. Falkirk 11-4, Cove Rangers 11-4. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that's through weight of money or any transfer activity that Queen's Park have been involved in in the last couple I'm of days. But um, pretty sure McBookie tweeted out this morning the same that, the, that Queen's Park had moved in. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm assuming it was just money on them. Um Falkirk, interestingly enough, I don't know if you, you saw the issued a statement about their game this Saturday because they've been they've got a lot of players out isolating this week because of a COVID outbreak and they're all due back like Friday night, Saturday morning and they asked the league if they could postpone the game against Cove and the league have told them to bowl. Um, so they've got 14 players who haven't trained this week. Some of them haven't trained for 10 weeks, uh, 10 days, sorry. And uh, they've been told Ten to years, play... I think. I've <laughs> been told to play Cove Rangers, which obviously I know it's only the first game and all that, but you don't want to be that's two of the favourites going head to head. It's a big game, but they seem to they seem to be an undercurrent that they might still get it postponed. Um so just one just to look on out that for. Note, um Cove are four to five at the moment, best price to win that match. Um, yeah. that's in a little bit. So it's interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, just Another podcast favourite last season, Greg, was, was Queen's Park. Um, obviously hugely ambitious. Chairman or owner of the club now, Willie Hockey, brought in Leanne Dempster, who was chief exec at Hibs, um, and made some really strategic appointments. Um, they appointed Laurie Ellis as manager, which was a bit of a surprise to replace Ray McKinnon. Yeah, I think off the park, Queen's Park in a, in a great place. I'm not entirely sure though what's going on in the park, to be honest with you. Um, it seems to be going about the business quietly. I've not had a proper look. I don't really know many of the players have signed. Um, I don't know if you have, Dev, but I was probably expecting a bit more from them this, in the pre-season market anyway. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised as well. I don't really know much about the, the, the players they've brought in, but they've come from decent clubs, you know, Hearts, Rangers, Dundee United, Dundee... Um, I don't know if I'm assuming they're young players that they've, they've brought in. Um, but yeah, I must admit that it's a bit of an unknown quantity. They had a reasonable uh, League Cup campaign, but I don't think they did anything particularly good. They had a good win down at Queen of the South. Um, but apart from that, I don't think they did anything particularly scintillating in the, in the group stages of the League Cup. But yeah, you'd fancy them to be there or thereabouts, wouldn't you? Because they do have plenty of backing behind them. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think this would probably be those three. I will have come down, obviously, from the championship. Interesting to see how Airdrie get on. 
Um, and I think at the bottom of that league, I think you've probably got to fear for Dumbarton. Um, I think I saw a tweet that they only have three players signed who were there last season, which is incredible, really. So they've had an absolute overhaul um, yes. at at Dumbarton. So I think they'll struggle anyway. It's a really strong league this season, but I think Dumbarton could potentially be whipping boys. Uh, Peter Head have had a de- decent, probably, League Cup campaign, to be fair to them. Um, and the guess he's five, Clyde will Clyde probably just do enough to stay up, maybe, maybe mid-table. And Montrose, full bit sorry for Montrose, actually. They had a brilliant season last season, Montrose. An absolutely brilliant season. Uh, but the league's even harder this year, I would say. Um, it's just an incredible churn in the, all the squads in that league. If you look down the whole League One, the number of players coming in and out, each club is double digits in almost every club. Um, yes. So it's very hard to call. You're going by League Cup group uh, performances, which are probably are a little bit unfair. These teams are that's a lot of them. That is their preseason. Um, you know, well, somebody's preseason now, isn't it? But you know what I mean. It's kind of very, very hard to judge uh, mm-hmm. these teams at this stage. Um, but you definitely fancy. I think Falkirk under Paul Sheeran will do well this season. I think he's a be a good good appointment for them, and I think they'll hopefully kick on. If I've, I've tipped them, I've backed them to win the league. Especially being a full time club as well, aren't they? Yep, yep. No, I think it's it's about time they get out of that league. They have Um, to. If they don't get out this season, then I do feel for their their club fully. Dave, what's your thoughts on uh, Aloha's appointment of Barry Ferguson, who's obviously left promoted Kelty Harps to go to Aloha and it's quite interesting just looking you have a better handle on this than me at previous Aloha managers and how successful they've been I suppose in the appointments that they've made just looking back they've had Paul Hartley Jack Ross Jim Goodwin and we've obviously seen been discussing Peter Grant there who's now at Dunfermline um, they seem to be a kind of stepping stone club for, for managers making their, their way in their career I well, you definitely see Mike Mulraney definitely can spot a good manager. There's no doubt about that. So you know maybe you know, Barry Ferguson, obviously when he was at Clyde, never did particularly well. Didn't do very well in Blackpool, I think either. Mm. He was manager there for a while, but he tough did circumstances, really well. I think, at Blackpool yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah, and I think he did well at Kelty. I know they were probably big spenders in that environment, but he did well. He got them got them into the league, which was his, his brief, I'm sure. So. I'll be interested to see how he gets on. Um, I was surprised club. to see him go to Aloha, I must admit. Dev, I thought he'd be part of that Kelty journey, getting them up and he would have stayed. It's a little bit strange. Something must have happened there, I think, for him to leave that Kelty case momentum, getting up into the professional league, trying to get up through the leagues to go to Aloha. I, I just find it a strange move. Yeah, you would think Aloha probably are not don't have as much potential as Kelty probably do. Uh, maybe I'm wrong there, but I don't know. Aloha punched above their weight for season after season in the championship. Mm. Um, eventually, obviously, they came unstuck last season. But um, I think I think they're they're a good side, good good club. Um, you know, they might have a, a decent uh, campaign this season, but I can't see them coming above Queens Park, Falkirk, or, or Cove. Um, I think I, I think Montrose Montrose have been good the last few seasons as well, scored a lot of goals, but twenty to one. I think that probably is merited. I can't see them uh, having a title tilt. Yeah, and for anyone who thinks that we just make this shit up on the hoof, uh, you're absolutely <laughs> right. But we're going to jump directly from Barry Ferguson, former Kelty manager, to Kelty Hearts in League Two. They are 8 to 11 
Greg to win the league, shortest price outside Rangers to win the league in Scotland, uh, and you can't see past them, can you? Well, they're eight to eleven now. They were five to four a yeah. couple of days ago. Yeah. So I think I put on the channel on Monday that Kelty Hearts should be back to win this league. Um, looking at their side, they've brought in some great players. I think Joe Carroll's a great player to bring in with Thistle. Uh, they've got Nathan Austin, obviously, who score twenty odd goals this season, and they've got Kevin Higginbottom as well. A really good squad. I, I can't see anybody else in that league who will touch them. Um, looking at who's come down, Forfar, still and Albion have strengthened a little bit. You would say Edinburgh City never seem to be good enough, do they? Probably always sitting kind of second and third. Yeah, um, I, think, I just can't see past them. I really, I really can't. Yeah, you kind of feel a wee bit sorry for Edinburgh City because they have kind of threatened to, to come up in recent seasons, but... They've been undone by Cove and Queen's Park in recent seasons who have, yeah. throw, who have thrown money at this league and it looks as if Kelty are, are pretty much going to do the same uh, this season as well. So, yeah, you kind of feel a wee bit sorry for Edinburgh City that they've been the kind of brides, bridesmaids and never the brides as yet. Yeah, I guess just on that point then, since a betting angle, I think the Rangers, Kelty Hearts double, um, pays 74. And that looks a pretty sound investment, I would say, um, in terms of the post in terms of putting that into an anchor. I, I really can't see past Kelty Hearts and looking at Rangers, as we discussed, 25-point um, gap last season. I think there'll still be a double-digit gap this season. Yep. Dev, you any thoughts on that, week two? No, I think Greg's right. I think Kelty look far too strong. I think Edinburgh and Sterling, outside of those two, I can't see anybody having a, a, a tilt at it. I really can't. Uh, Stranra, pretty good at over last season, I think they did all right at points, but I just can't see it. Um, Sterling had a good couple of results in the League Cup, but nobody will, t- nobody will touch Kelty in that league. I don't think they'll, I think they're justified hot favourites. Yeah, and they've had a fairly decent Premier Sports Cup campaign as well, haven't they? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I mean, they went up to somewhere like Elgin and, and spanked them 3 1. Um, so that's obviously a, a club that I've been. Kind of top half league two over the last few seasons, so that's probably a good indication of kind of where they're at. Um, I think they'll just be too strong, and I think they'll also it looks like they've got a wee bit of backing as well to maybe get them over the line with a couple of signings in January just to, to freshen things up and, and get them get them through to that. I definitely think they'll win that league. They came out at twenty to twenty one on Tuesday, and um, I think I tipped Kelty scored two at four to five, which I thought was a great price. They're now one to three to win that match. Yeah. So it's the first game of the season. They're at home. They've been backed into one to three. The challenge they're probably going to have with Kelty Hearts this season backing them is trying to find an angle or mm-hmm. find some value. They're going to be massively short probably most weeks. Um, even even shorter than what Queens Park were. Yeah. They're still getting some pretty decent prices in the Queens Park last season, especially away from home. So I think Kelty Hearts at home are probably going to be a no-no unless you're backing them to score in both halves and that sort of stuff. But away from home might be a different story. Yeah. Uh, we'll maybe touch on this weekend's games just before we wrap up. But um, that kind of brings us on to, and now we're into the podcast, any tips that we might have on, on those anti-post markets. So, Greg, you've already touched on the double that you're keen on, which is Kelty Hearts v Rangers. Anything else that you would chuck in there? Probably not, to be fair. Um, I was pushed towards maybe Cove in, in League One. 
Um, but I think it's so difficult, though. I think Falkirk will be there or thereabouts, and Queen's Park as well. And I, I do think Kilmarnock will win the championship, but I think in terms of a solid, solid confidence selection, it has to be that um, Kelty Hearts Rangers double. Okay, and Div, you got any anti-post bets? Yeah, yeah, this is where me and Greg differ because he goes for the nice, safe, sensible option, whereas I go for the Hollywood (laughs) 150-1 Acker. So I have done a fourfold of Aberdeen to be best of the rest in the Premiership, Mm -hmm. Fairland to win the Championship, Falkirk to win League One and Kelty to win League Two. So that is about 150-1 to uh, if you fancy wasting a fiver. But uh, you've got to throw the dice sometimes and you never know. So... Uh, I like a wee Hollywood anti-post every season and it's I've never even come close. So <laughs> if you add in Kilmarnock to the double, it pays four to one. And if you were to add in either of Cove, Falkirk or Queen's Park, one of those three, it takes it up to eighteen to one. But I just think League One is such a tough league to call this season. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think we'll leave the Hollywood bets to David, will we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, beers are on me when it comes in, lads. And what about your pine bottle treble? So my treble for this weekend, I went for Rangers to score in both halves. I really like the look of that. As that was one point nine. I put this on on Monday. I'm sure it's probably still around the same. I really think they'll battle Livingston on Saturday. They'll come out real strong. And then on two Sunday tips, actually, Aberdeen to score one and over one and a half goals at evens on Sunday against Dundee United and Hibs to win at Motherwell, which I think is a ridiculous price, 2.25, to use my decimal terms. I think... Uh, That's 5-4. Yeah, really good bet, if you like, if you ask me. The only niggling doubt, I think, is both these teams coming back from European games on Thursday, but they're, they're both pretty much home and host already. Um, so hopefully they won't have uh, too many difficulties in their European travels and uh, and that's my uh, treble for this weekend so yeah, hopefully off to a winning start Okay, and Greg, you've already marked that Kelty bet, I'm not sure what the odds are looking like at the moment Um, is that still a a bet worth taking on at this stage in the week? It's 1-3 now, so um, 4-5 tipped on Tuesday now to 1-3, but I'm also looking at Sitmarin Corners Against Dundee, mm-hmm. St. Mirren are two to one to win that match. And having spent some time speaking to them about the way St. Mirren set up this season, they may rack up some decent corner counts. So keen to see what we can get for that one. Moving into the championship, I've taken Patrick Thistle to score two goals at Queen of the South. I think um, Thistle have got goals in them. They've actually scored two or more now in what sixteen of the last twenty matches, albeit it wasn't the. Uh, League One, but they do have goals in that team. Uh, Queen of the South got a very, very, very young side. I think they've only got two players over the age of 24. So I think Partick Thistle at home in front of 2,000 fans for the first time in a year and a half, I think would be value to score two goals against Queen of the South. And finally, I'm looking potentially at Dunfermline at Morton and Dunfermline to score two or more. Yeah, they certainly look at reasonably big price considering what we discussed already in the podcast. That's twenty-three to twenty to one um, at Morton on Saturday. So yeah, I think. Well, I think this season I've always had that quandary about: do you back a team to win, or do you yeah. back a team to score two goals? And sometimes it works for you or against you backing the two goals, but ultimately, 
if it's one nil, obviously your bet loses. But I would probably rather take team goals and a team to win. Doesn't matter what the outcome is as long as they score two goals. So that's probably be the angle I think more so this season. And just moving into League One, Clyde at home to Dumbarton. I think Clyde at home still got David Goodwill on their side. Might just edge that against Dumbarton at ten to eleven. Yeah, and um, just before before we finish up the weekend, it would be remiss of me not to mention Rangers to win to nil, which was last season's kind of default position there, <laughs> uh, eight to eleven to beat Livy um, to nil at the weekend. And I'm also just very quickly going to try and check another bet. Uh, so Rangers to score two or more goals and not to concede is 5-4 to four at the weekend which I think is a fairly decent bet on a game that Rangers are what 2-11 to one. yeah so just that. in terms of a big outsider actually looking at League 2 I cannot be having Edinburgh City at 8-13 to 13 away from home on the first day of the season they're playing Albion Rovers and I think Albion Rovers have probably improved this season they came on leaps and bounds in the last season Yep. Um, I think 8 to 13 is a ridiculously short price for Edinburgh City. So 7 to 2 for Albion Rovers could be worth a little niggle. Yeah, Albion Rovers were definitely a team that we were getting on towards the end of last season at, at reasonably big prices, weren't we? Yeah, we got them at 7 to 1 up at Elgin um, towards the end of the season. And I think we got on them two or three times actually. Yeah. But I can't be having a side in that league at 8 to 13 away from home yeah. in the first day of the season. That's just madness. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, I think that's us for our anti-post podcast. Thank you very much, both of you, for your time. No uh, problem. Don't, don't forget, you can follow the guys on Twitter at Browning84Greg and at PyAndBov. Um, of course, Greg's got his own Telegram channel, and if you want more tips from Greg before the season starts and certainly during the season, Scottish football will be one of the mainstays of Greg's tips on his channel. Uh, make sure you go to gambler.co.uk for all the details on how to sign up. And there's a special offer on at the moment, Greg, where people can sign up for the season. Yeah, so we're doing a, an annual offer. So it's 12 months to the price of nine. Um, we're now, what, 13 months since we launched the channel. And I think we're showing 10 months profit from 13 and just under £1,400 profit since launch. So again, it's a it's worth it's worth doing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, Doc. Thanks very much, guys. We look forward to speaking to you throughout the season. David, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, Cheers. All, all the best to St Mirren this season. Hope that they can secure at least that top six finish and certainly finish above St Johnson, <laughs> um, if nothing else. Uh, and thank you very much to our listeners for listening. And we will be back next week. And best of luck with your bets this weekend. Thank you. Good luck. Cheers.